my extra special weirdos. This is your extra AF specialness where y'all have sent in listener episodes. My name is Natalie. I'm Keena. And I'm David. Yay, he's back. Yay. He's not driving to somewhere this time. (laughs) (laughs) The beard's longer. He's still single. (laughs) Really rocking it out. Yeah, I heard it here, y'all. He's still single. That's right. You, know, you, That's right. you got a few tweets I tagged you in that are like, I would go to with him. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> good times, good times. We, well, I have cold brain. I already forgot what I was about to say. You guys are driving this train today. <laughs> I know, alcohol and cold brain. I cannot wait till we get our, to our drunk dive. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a good time. I'm so delirious. It's, it's going to be fun. And it's live. Our drunk dives are live. We don't edit those. So let the fuckery begin. <laughs> but before we get to that fuckery, we have listener stories that people have sent us. <laughs> so thank you, Mary, for sending this in. Let's see. It's The subject is the old little white schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. All right. Or we should so, say Mary Kate. She goes by Mary Kate. She's the most Southern name ever. <laughs> well, in the first paragraph, she has a little thing. She says... I am Mary Kate, and I went to grad school with Keena in Little Rock. I asked her if she would like me to share this story, and she said yes, with lots of exclamation marks. <laughs> I bet that is an accurate statement. <laughs> uh, this story will be somewhat spooky. It is a long story, but if I put every little detail in there, it would be even longer. So I guess here's the short, long story. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, Yep. And when I was around 10 years old, I was invited to a double sleepover birthday party. I knew both girls, but I was closer with one of them due to her dad working for my dad. We're going to call this girl H. I am from eastern Arkansas, and the birthday party was about 20 minutes outside of Stuttgart, Arkansas, at a old little white schoolhouse that was used (laughs) as a duck club at the time. Of course it was. It's stuck on it. That's all the fucking is. <laughs> like, Arkansas, you do not disappoint sometimes. Way to be a stereotype, Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> the duck club. <laughs> if you don't know, Arkansas is known for its duck, su- duck hunting. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. But I still like <laughs> duck club. Um, <laughs> and Stuttgart is the duck hunting capital. Oh, learn something. Anyway, back to the story. The party was a surprise party, so all the guests had to arrive before the birthday party girls. As my mother and I were driving up to the schoolhouse, I thought it was very eerie because it was located next to a cemetery of the mother H told me to put my bag over by the schoolhouse door and come out to the side yard with everyone else to surprise the birthday girls. The side yard was the side that was right up against the cemetery. Oh, scary. (laughs) (laughs) so the birthday girls arrived and were so excited there was a lot of emotions running through my head i was excited because of course it was a birthday party but i still had that thought that there was an old cemetery right next to where i was spending the night we went into the schoolhouse and started playing games eating dinner eating cake and ice cream and then around 11 30 the moms of the birthday girls said it was time for everyone to start settling down and getting ready for bed Now, this old schoolhouse had a very long hallway in it with multiple bedrooms on each side. I'm thinking The Shining right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
I do not know if this hall was there while it was still a schoolhouse or not. In each bedroom, there were two or three bunk beds. I do not do heights, and neither did H. So we both slept on the bottom bunks in one bedroom, and we were the only two in this room. All the other girls were in other rooms. The only thing I could think about once bedtime came, when it's dark and there's no nightlight, and there is a cemetery right outside, and this is a creepy old-ass building. (laughs) (laughs) On top of everything, the building smelled funny, and when we got in the bed, the sheets and the blankets were itchy and smelled somewhat funny, too. I told H my fear of the cemetery outside. She said she thought the same thing. We laid there discussing things while we were talking. We heard a door slam. (laughs) (laughs) There was a bathroom off of our room, and the slam sounded like it came from there. She got up to go check. You don't get up to go check it out. Never. And she checked it out. No one was in there. This made us even more scared, and we laid there in the dark talking and almost crying about the matter. And after a little while, we decided to try to fall asleep. We were laying there about 10 minutes when I felt something fall on my face. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) I squealed and H jumped up and turned the light on while her mother ran into the room. They were both looking at me and I said something just fell on my face from the bunk bed above. And we pulled the cover back and lo and behold, there was a meaty looking spider about the size of a bottle cap right on the sheets. Oh, no. I don't don't do spiders. (laughs) Mm Mm-mm. Needless to say, I did not sleep that night, and neither did she. We ended up going to sleep on a pallet in the room her mom was in. (laughs) Because we were horrified after hearing the door slam and the spider falling on me. Yeah, this is the hard no. Yeah. I do not know if the little old white house is still there or its history. I have not been back to see if the building still stands. I do know that... H still remembers that night because when I saw her three months ago at her wedding, we discussed it. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then she concludes with, thank you so much for doing this podcast because I thoroughly enjoy it. Keep up the good work. Mary Kate. Aw, thanks, Mary Kate. Uh, I now need to know the history of this place. (laughs) I know. Mary Kate is uh, working on her thesis right now. Yeah, good luck on that, Mary Kate. She's so close. I think she said her draft is almost done. That's, good. that's the that's the hard part. Hers is kind of connected to mine. Same one one dude's the same. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I don't want to ever do that again. Somebody asked me, they're like, "Are you gonna get your doctorate?" I'm like, I can't even imagine what a dissertation would do to me after what a master's did to me. Um, this one was like a conversation I had with somebody on Facebook. So a few groups I'm in, I just kind of ask people, like, do you have any cool hometown stories or family stories? And this one was fucking cool. So Heather says, my grandmother and great-grandmother survived a Nazi concentration camp. They were the only two of a family of nine that survived. And I was like, holy shit, I need to know more. So I was like, oh, wow, thanks for sharing that. And I'm sure it's a painful history, but it's important to talk about. And this week was also the 75th anniversary that Auschwitz was liberated by the Soviets. She said it was. She said less so for me because I wasn't there, obviously. My great-grandmother and I were really close, and it was really rare that I got to hear those stories. And I'm sure I didn't get all of them. My grandmother didn't talk about it at all. So kind of responded like, you know, I can imagine you wouldn't want to talk about it, blah, blah, blah. So she said, 
I would guess that my family was one of the, quote, lucky ones. They were sent there for being political defectives and medically defective. They weren't really one of the targeted groups. From what my great-grandmother said, the camps were raided, so German citizens that just didn't get with the program didn't go to camps like Auschwitz. They were, she said, they weren't club med, but they weren't nearly as awful as the other ones. So I was like, um, they're all fucking horrifying and traumatizing and terrible, so. I'm uh, thinking seven of nine people still died, so. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Yeah, they're all horrible. I was like, there's no, don't, it been don't worse. feel bad. It yeah. Been nine for nine, I guess, but like, yeah. that's. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, and then she's how it's still awful. She said it was. Just like many people you will meet from those camps, neither wore short sleeves or they would wear long gloves. My great-grandmother died a year after my son was born and told us that she refused to be buried with Hitler's mark on her, so we cut the number off her arm when she was being buried. It's like, wow. And I imagine that would be something that a lot of survivors wouldn't want to be buried with it. But I guess I hadn't really thought of it before. She said she was more willing to talk about what led them to be arrested. My great great or yeah, my great grandfather was a politician that opposed the Third Reich. That led them to be investigated, and then they found out that several of their children were diabetic, and that combined was what led to their arrest. And that's all I got out of her. But thank you, Heather, for sharing that, because that was really, really something. That's it's a strong piece of history. Yeah. I've always been fascinated with Hitler. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know we kind of talked about this last time I was on here, just like bad guys in general, uh, David Koresh, Hitler, Mm -hmm. things like that. And yeah, say what you will about him. The dude was very smart. He just crazy down, but very, very intelligent. Yeah, he got shit done, but it just was terrible what he got done. Well, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no (laughs) doubt about that. But, you know, the ability that some of these people have to... I won't say, well, brainwash, I guess, is an effective word, but, like, just to convince these people mm-hmm. of their their way of thinking is, I mean, it's impressive in a in, in kind of a weird way. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, honestly. yeah, what he did was, it, it is impressive, like, how he can influence someone. Yeah, I had a professor one time that put it one way. It's like, after World War One, you know, the U.S. was pushing the 14 points, which nearly all of the 14 points was about humiliating Germany. And making them pay. And so by the time Hitler came around, they were poor, they were hungry, they were humiliated. And he came around being like, hey, follow me. You know, Germany will be great again. Nobody's going to go hungry. And I think that's probably why almost everybody went along with them. Because people throughout history, if you're starving and you can't feed your kids, you're going to do anything. Or you're going to turn a blind eye to a lot. You need to watch the TV show Hunting Hitler on History Channel. There's a series... It's um, it's like three seasons. I mean, it's long, mm-hmm. but it's amazing. Basically, it just goes over how Hitler didn't die in the bunker. Like, there's... Conspiracy. No, you just have to, like, watch it to really understand. But, mm-hmm. like, all the guys that were tied to him, like, made it to Argentina and South America. And they have all these, like, communities down there that are almost like concentration camp type places and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's crazy. There's, like... One, I'm trying to remember what it was called, like, Via Baviera was down there, and it was, like, a very German place. Yeah. Well, they just found somebody in Argentina, like, last year. Dude was, like, right. 90, but they still charged him for war crimes. And well, yeah. So, yeah. Like, if they, they find you, to they're going to charge they you. They all deserve to die. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, it's, it's horrible. you have to watch the show. If you get some time, I mean, it's it's great. 
Yeah, there's a lot of compelling arguments about how he faked his death. Because by the time people got there, they burnt the body, so it was kind of like... Right. But I could also understand that if you're the first person to find him and he's shot, you're going to be pissed off and burn well, him if he doesn't get a real funeral. The, the Germans that took his body, or not the Germans, <laughs> the Russians took his body, and they did like tests on what was his body, and it was like the body of a female. And so, yeah, they're like, that's not him. Well, so, he killed his, his, I don't know what she was. Ava <laughs> technically, yeah. te- technically lover, but they never had sex. She was a nightmare all on her own, but yeah. But yeah, so it's a pretty interesting thing. If any of your listeners ever want to watch it, it's just on, mm-hmm. you can get it on the History Channel app. I'm actually doing a World War II themed uh, art history episode that I'm going to oh. record whenever I have a voice completely. <laughs> but it's got some Hitler elements to it. <laughs> it's one of those histories, like, I'm fascinated by World War II. It's depressing as shit, but. There's a lot of things to learn because I think a lot of what we did in World War One, terrified that it would happen again, actually caused World War Two, which is well, that's that happens that way with anything. And it's <laughs> you know it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, just, a lot of times if you're so afraid something's going to happen, you make it happen even by not meaning to make it, like trying to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hitler was pushing a lot of buttons, but a lot of people were like don't do that. We told you not to. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> By the time he was like fully armed, ready to go to war, they were like, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. Anyway, next story. <laughs> so this is a story from Facebook sent by Sid. And it says, hey, y'all, my name is Sydney. And quotes by Sid. My parents got divorced when I was like eight. And my brother and I live with my mom. Uh, we were in this rented house for a while and there was definitely something in the basement as literally no one wanted to go down there alone. Oh no. <laughs> but in the main level, there was this other spirit. <laughs> Great. Oh, wow. Multiples. All right. <laughs> we called her the lady in the green dress. She used oh. to always try to get my mom's attention, but she always ignored her. She would do things like show up in the mirror when my mom was doing makeup or oh, no, Or my mom would see her from the corner of her eye or play with the lights, but only for a second. Eventually, she got tired of trying to communicate with my mom and probably thought, fine, then if you won't listen, then I'll go. (laughs) Then I'll try your daughter. Ooh. Oh, no. (laughs) And thus began my experiences. The very first time I saw her was when I was walking to the kitchen and have to walk past the living room to get there. While walking past the couch, I saw a smoky gray person laying on their back and raising one arm off the couch from the corner of my eye. My aunt was with me at the time, so I asked if she had seen it, and she, she and she didn't. And when my mom got off work, we had a long discussion about the long t- line of witches in my family. Wow, that took a turn. <laughs> Full of surprises here. I know, I love this. <laughs> to talk about the family and that I saw a ghost. Me being the morbid eight-year-old I was, thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Like you would. That's good. (laughs) Like you do. So the lady in the green dress kept trying to communicate with me by waking me up at the same time every night for a while or showing up in the corners of my vision and always scratching on my bedroom door. Oh, no. I don't like that. I don't either. That's, like, rude. (laughs) 
So not too long after all this started, my grandma shows up and gives us money to go buy toys. We happily accepted and left. Years later, I found out my mom and the guy she was seeing at the time, who is the human equivalent of stepping in dog shit while barefoot. All right. (laughs) Visual. Got it. (laughs) That is the best explanation for a shitty person I've ever heard. I like it. So this guy got in an argument in the garage. Things escalated and he tried to kill my mom by strangulating her. Oh Oh my God. He never went to jail. I think he got like a fine or something, but I don't know. This man also gave my dad a black eye, but I don't know what the whole story. A few years later, I was at the store with my dad and I saw that freaking guy. It was creepy. He just kept watching me as I looked through movies. I quickly walked to find my dad and haven't seen that man since, thankfully. She's like, sorry, it's long. I have a ton more ghost stories, but this is the creepiest one I have so far. Sid. Oh, wow. That was like just a roller coaster. What just happened? That really was a lot. It was a lot. Who's in the basement? I think the thing was like eight years (laughs) old. I was thinking she was older. We have basement and then we have... Like, how many ghosts are we talking here? Sounded like a lot. I need more information. <laughs> we need a follow up with more ghosts, please. Yes, and thank please. you. We're very demanding. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Just let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just like it's like, oh yeah, we see ghosts and we're witches in our family. Damn. Yeah, the witches part. Like, I was waiting for like a tie-in to that. Like, oh, uh, we were just conjuring the spirits in here, and that's. Maybe they're just more prone to it or something. I don't know. I always hear kids are more likely to see things because they haven't been uh, jaded by the world and told that you're not supposed to see things or something. (laughs) Until they learn that that the world's much scarier than their ghosts. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like creepy basements. The only time I think I actually heard a ghost talk to me was a basement. And now I'm just like, nope, I'm good. Nope, nope, nope. Never went back to that house. I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, let's go investigate. I was like, see ya. And I never went back. It's like a friend from high school. I was like, no way I'm going back in there. Nope. Fuck (laughs) that shit. Fuck it. All right. Next one. I think it's a really, this is a really short one. It's from Haley. And it says, my grandma met my grandfather at a party for university students. The only reason she was at that party was because she was taking her childhood friend out because she had just been released from a tuberculosis unit after 12 years. Holy shit. (laughs) That's a long long time. time. This unit was one where they just left everyone outside for fresh air treatment, rain or shine. My grandpa then went on to be a physicist and he worked on the Manhattan Project. That's in a... Parentheses, not his finest moment, but it's still historical. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I need so much more information. I, uh, my, one of my best friends is a personal trainer and he was training this guy in Yaleville and his name is Crofton. And anyway, this dude's (laughs) a thousand years old, but it turns out he was the lead on the initial Mars rover. For NASA, oh, wow. this dude was cool as shit to talk to, yeah. and so yeah, I'm just living here in small town Arkansas. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty cool. You never know who you'll meet. I know, it, and I hate it when people judge like old people 
too harshly. Like, you don't know anything. And then, like, no, I, like, fucking did NASA shit or something. Well, and this guy, I mean, he had a brain bleed. Like, he had a brain hemorrhage that was, like, a constant problem. It hadn't killed him, obviously, but there was going to come a day where it did. Mm-hmm. But he worked out with Brett, and Brett had been out of town. <laughs> And Aww. so he asked me if I would work with him while he, Brett was out of town and I did. Yeah. His stories were really cool. And then like, not to get like super churchy, but I was like, so I said, usually like high end scientists are atheists. And so I kind of asked him about that and he was definitely not an atheist. He, he had his reasoning, but, uh, it's been several years ago, so I can't remember exactly, but I mean, it was a really cool conversation to have with a guy who is like way smarter than I'll ever be. That's really cool. Who would have thunk? I don't know. I'm like, well, I wish I could have talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, was married, Natalie. <laughs> Coming from a guy that made a face. lesbian joke just because I played softball. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is from Gretchen and has sent an article and it's an Egyptian pyramid in Australia? <laughs> Archaeologists <laughs> claim massive structure dates back 5,000 years. Ooh, that's cool. An archaeologist believes that there's a massive 900-meter-tall pyramid hidden in plain sight beneath thick layers of vegetation and soil in Australia. The structure is believed to date back some 5,000 years. Oh, hell yeah. Pyramids are scattered all across the globe, no matter where we look. Ancient cultures build marvelous ancient structures across the planet. And the most notorious monument being the Great Pyramid of Giza, an ancient wonder of engineering still standing today after thousands of years. Now, a group of amateur archaeologists from Australia claims that before Australia was visited by the Europeans, in fact, thousands of years before that, I might add, the ancient Egyptians visited the mainland of Australia and even built pyramids there. As outrageous as this may sound to many, according to the group of researchers, more than 5,000 years after Egyptians made their way to Australia, it is believed that a pyramid built under a mountain in North Queensland has been discovered. Huh. Uh, the group, yeah, the group claims how Walsh's pyramid. It's what they're calling, I guess, located some 30 minutes west of popular Australian coastal city stands in staggering 922 meters in height. How do you miss that shit? How does this thing get discovered? That is quite large. (laughs) Now, there is a picture on this article, and it's like showing a lot of shrubbery is growing around this. Mm -hmm. So maybe, but still, goddamn. Um, and exactly where most people see only a massive pyramid-shaped hill is where the vivid group of archaeologists sees more than what initially meets the eye. Evidence of their claims is supported by the curious Godsford glyphs, a set of strange carvings that, according to many researches, are Egyptian in nature. Located in the vicinity of Sydney, the intri- intricate carvings are believed to be thousands of years old and were allegedly Egyptian. These curious set of hieroglyphs, referred to as Kirong hieroglyphs due to the fact that they were located in Brisbane Water National Park, Kirong, and also called the Godsford Glyphs due to the nearby community of Godsford in New South Wales, 
But countless controversies surround the alleged hieroglyphs. Numerous archaeologists have made it clear that the Godsford glyphs are nothing more than a modern forgery and how it's impossible that the ancient Egyptians made their way to Australia and carved the curious set of symbols on the side of the massive rock, let alone build pyramids. This is interesting. Huh, I was about to say, that was a really long way for the Egyptians to go. Especially because most Egyptian boats were river boats. Mm-hmm. 13,131 kilometers from Egypt to Queensland. That's that's a lot. What's that in American? <laughs> uh, it's a pretty good shot. Yeah, that's, that's a long way. <laughs> Here, I oh. feel like there's like some alien conspiracy theory to this. Because, you know, the aliens built the pyramids and all that stuff. Yeah, of course. There's always an alien conspiracy theory. Um, 8,159 miles. That's that's a bit. That's a bit. That is a bit. That's a lot. That's. I'm wondering. I don't know. There's a lot of people that swear the Egyptians built the Mesoamerican pyramids too. I wonder if that's the same people. <laughs> oh, I'm reading on. I guess it's even a little bit crazier. Oh, okay. It says returning back to the Pyramid of Australia. Ray Johnson is convinced how. Uh, the set of hieroglyphs at Godsford undoubtedly point out how Lord, I don't know what, how to pronounce this. <laughs> this is, <laughs> there, there's a lot of vowels and dashes that this Southern accent don't do. All right. <laughs> it's like a former member of the ancient Egyptian royal family. So it's a Lord of a family. Okay. Furthermore, Johnson is convinced how the Godsford glyphs tell the story of how ancient Egyptian sailors built two pyramids in Australia. What? <laughs> and one of which was said to be found at Jimpy in central Queensland. I probably mispronounced that, but oh well. Uh, it was eventually demolished, leaving the whereabouts of the other pyramid and Enigma until now. Mr. Johnson believes that the second pyramid is in fact located beneath thick layers of soil hidden away from sight, remaining unforeseen for thousands of years. What if this is like actually the hills where the Hobbit was? <laughs> I know that's New Zealand, that's not Australia, but it just makes me laugh. There's <laughs> just a little bit more. It says, despite, despite the fact that the hieroglyphs point to the existence of a pyramid locating in the area, the site in question located at the, nope, at a national park was never <laughs> been researched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is mostly due to the fact that experts consider the location where Johnson received, believes the pyramid is located a natural granite peak. However, archaeologists are convinced that this pyramid could be similar to the one discovered buried beneath thick layers of soil and vegetation in Visoko, Bosnia. However, mainstream scholars reject the notion there's a pyramid in Australia, let alone two, and the mountain where said structure is supposedly located only appears to be in the shape of a pyramidal structure. Huh. Well. That was like another roller coaster. So, like, is there or isn't there? I need to know. I said we let them fight it out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to the death. <laughs> yeah. Hunger Games, get some little archaeology tools in the middle, and they just go for it. That's right. Chisels. So if you got like one Egyptian hops on a boat to Australia, maybe it's possible. 
I don't think like a whole group of people went. That's true. Huh. Um, an Egyptian engineer ended up exploring mm-hmm. over that way and ended up worked. enslaving a bunch of people in Australia because slavery is what built the pyramids. So yeah, well, there's like new stuff coming out that they weren't slaves at all. So I'm kind of interested how that goes. They found a whole city, so it looks like they lived there and were fed and paid. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is one of those things like the structure was already there and then some Egyptian like hops over there, some trade route or something. It's like, hey, I'm going to write some shit in here. <laughs> Maybe he's like, it's my turn, bitches. I'm going to have yeah. a pyramid. Yeah, all it says is I was oh, here or something. Brooks was here. <laughs> yeah, it's my time. My time to shine, bitches. Yeah, I would totally do that. That looks like a pyramid. Mine. Dibs. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So the next one is from Beth. And she's from Lewistown, Pennsylvania. And apparently their claim to fame is that they have a stone from Lincoln's tomb. Ooh. According to local lore, there is only one stone ever removed from Lincoln's tomb. Its origins is engraved in big letters and is set at the base of a towering monument in the heart of their hometown. The centerpiece of downtown Lewiston. Hope I'm saying that right. I don't know. It's one of those towns. It's like Lewistown. I don't know. Forgive me if I'm saying that wrong. Anyway, is a soldiers and sailors monument built in 1906 to honor Civil War vets. Set into the foundation of the south side of the 64 foot tall monument is a stone engraved with the words, quote, this stone is from Lincoln's tomb, Springfield, Illinois, end quote. That Secured- seems fucking, yeah, it's completely <laughs> legit. I can't just go get a fucking rock out of my yard. <laughs> that's true. Like, that's the dumbest, like, no, not knocking your hometown, but that's, that's sketchy as shit. I'm sending, you, I'm sending you a picture right now of it in the comments. <laughs> That's literally what it says. The stone. Yeah, that seems legit. <laughs> it's like chiseled last week. It says secured by former resident Civil War veteran and founder of the Lincoln Memorial Foundation. This is the only ever stone removed from Lincoln's tomb. The request for the stone made at the time uh, Lincoln's tomb was being remodeled was honored because of the Logan Guard, Mifflin County's volunteer soldiers. Oh, Mifflin, like Dunder Mifflin? This Pennsylvania. Anyway, uh, we're the first to answer President Lincoln's call for troops at the start of the Civil War. So I guess it is legit. A plaque with the story is across the street on the wall of a Subway sandwich shop. Hell yeah. As, as is That's a mule. just the way Lincoln would have wanted it. <laughs> exactly. Some so like good, somewhere. they'll make your head explode. <laughs> it's fresh. That's what it is. <laughs> I had Subway for lunch. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie The Goods? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, he's like, <laughs> they're trying to sell all these cars. And he's like, our prices are, he's dressed up as Abe Lincoln. He's like, <laughs> our prices are so good. They're like John Wilkes Booth. They'll sneak up on you and blow your brains out. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Love it. Uh, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and then there's also a mural commemorating the town's first responders. And that's it on that one. That's kind of neat. So, thanks, Beth. Pennsylvania's got a lot of cool shit going on. Alright, and I have an article from Kelsey. 
And I like that the top of it just says Whisper Knight. And that's a knight as in like your knight in shining armor. Oh. From Massachusetts. It says legend has it. Had me at legend. There we go. <laughs> Yay. Finally. <laughs> legend has it that a Scottish Earl named Henry Sinclair took a crew of explorers and discovered America in 1398. Ooh. A whole century before Christopher Columbus. Half expecting Akina to go, fuck that guy, because that's what she does. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Shit. Go. Cold brain. Uh. <laughs> All right. Delayed reaction. This guy was just buffering. <laughs> According to this story, they explored regions of Nova Scotia and New England. Some even claim that the evidence of that is the grave of one of their fallen in what is now Westford, Massachusetts, a town north- northwest of Boston near the New Hampshire state line. Along Depot Street near the Albert School is an exposed rock that some believe is the grave of a person called the Westford Knight. All right, I'm, I'm in this. <laughs> the rock is supposedly engraved with a depiction of a knight holding a downward pointed sword in one hand and a shield in the other. The latter embla- emblazoned with a coat of arms that apparently identifies him as Sir James Gunn of the clan gun who was allegedly a knight templar okay i was about to say that sounds like some da vinci code knights templar shit right there okay most believe (laughs) i was about to say i saw that movie (laughs) i love the da vinci code (laughs) i thought you about to say his yesterday yeah most believe the markings to be natural scratches from just Gladiken and that the small T-shaped part taken to be upside down sword hilt was really punched into the rock circa in the 1900s. The most damning fact for the story is that the rock face would have been buried. What? An ad just popped up. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it covered yeah. the whole screen. It's gone now. But I'm like, <laughs> what happened? Um <laughs> The most damning fact for the story is that the rock face would have been buried under feet of soil 600 years ago. And, you know, and then not really carved. (laughs) Night or not, the town has still cordoned off the marking with chains and outlined the markings for better visibility and erected a plaque dedicated to the Westward Night. So that's pretty cool. That's really cool. I've never heard of that. 1398, because I know there's a, a theory that the Chinese were here first, but that was like 1421. So this is kind of the Scottish were here first. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Our people, David the Reeds, were apparently Scottish in London or something. Wow, uh, the Reeds are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Huddleston's are English. Mm. Uh, yeah, the Huddlestons, there's uh, one wall, I believe, left of Huddleston Castle. In oh, England. cool. So, oh, my God. You have to go there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need to go to England. I actually had strongly considered going there this summer, but I don't know. We'll see. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, the 23 in me, it was like my dad, half of me was a thousand percent German, which Hockenberry, go figure. And then my mom's side, it's basically London and then Glasgow. In Scotland, like two cities, I zeroed in at two specific cities. I'm like, well, that's pretty interesting. So, right. 
the reads were very specific, I suppose. Well, I'm just going to assume <laughs> that Ned, Nettie Reed had to come from somewhere. She was Icelandic or some shit. That bitch was huge. Well, I have a, a little bit of Icelandic, uh, like Swedish or something. I'm like, I thought it was my dad's. Like Viking bitch. Yeah, she was, she was huge. <laughs> yeah, she was I'm like the female version of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> she was very tall. And this was a, like 1800 giant. Any picture we have of her, she's just towering over people. That's yeah. legit like where all the height comes from in my side of the family, especially. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. My, my grandpa was relatively tall, but like my great grandpa, like his dad wasn't that big. And so like okay. pretty much my dad's side, just my dad's dad and then everybody on like our immediate family was tall. Yeah, my grandpa and my uncle. So yeah, the Reed side, my grandma was a queen. Uh, I don't know if that means we were queens in the past. I like to think that last name queen. Oh, you were a queen. That's just your last name now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like, I like the 23 me. It's getting, it's zeroing closer and closer to like specific places where your people are from. So. Yeah, I've never see. actually done it. I need to. Yeah. I don't really care that they have my DNA because I'm not like a criminal or anything. So they can go ahead and. I have your uncle as a friend so I can see your stuff through him. So it's pretty cool. Right. But of course it incorporates my mom's into there. Yeah, too, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a dude, so you can actually do that. So like women can't trace both sides you have to have a male in your family to get both lines right. so yeah because we only have what yy men or xy right yeah i knew that yeah. yeah so like when you're tracing lineage i can only trace my mom's side so since my mom did 23 me, i can cut out everybody that's not related to my mom and then that's my dad's side that's the only way right. i can tell because there's no men in my family <laughs> uh or my dad's side well i have a nephew now but he's so he hasn't done it but he's the last hawk and berry in existence. <laughs> I told him I was sounds like, sounds like a straight to DVD movie. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I was like, sorry, kid, you got a whole legacy on your back. I'm like, I ditched that last name within hours of being married. <laughs> I literally got married at eight, and I was at the DMV and the Social Security by nine thirty. So it's like it was gone. Yeah, I didn't waste any time. Sorry, hawk and berries. Although I found a Hawk and Mary, found me on 23andMe, and he is a National Geographic photographer, like a famous animal photographer, the kind of person that like sits in dirt and weeds and waits till an animal sneaks up. So he's a pretty cool dude. It's a dude with a lot more patience than me. Yeah. Every day on Facebook, he posts a new picture of a cool animal, and I'm like, huh. But yeah. going to get him fucking killed someday. Yeah. On 23andMe, I keep on people like messaging people and like, Hey, I don't know anybody on my dad's side, and it shows you're my cousin. Like, hi, and then nobody ever answers me. <laughs> I think I'm coming on too strong. I was about to say, with an awesome pickup line like that to your family, oh. I don't know how they could resist. I know. Like, one of them is like a second cousin, and she lives, my uh, my dad's other daughter, she lives in Phoenix, Arizona now, and this other Hawkenberry lives in Phoenix. And I'm like, oh, hey. And yeah, they didn't answer me either. I think I'm too excitable. Scares people. <laughs> yeah. People can't handle this when I get excited. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's fun. Anyway, if you do 23 me, it will pop up that we're related. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> if you didn't already know. 
I was about to say, I'll actually get to see how it actually all connects, though. Because my, my mom is the one I go to when I'm like, how the fuck am I related to this person? And she'll be like, <laughs> oh, well, it's your whatever aunt that I've never fucking heard of. It was her daughter's kid or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm friends with Scott. So, yeah. Shout out up. to Uncle Scott. I know Yay. he listens to you guys. He's so smart. He does so much genealogy. So uh, like, Scott is incredibly intelligent. I remember yeah. when I was a kid, he would sit at my grandma's house and he would play Jeopardy like against the TV, and mm-hmm. fucker would win every once in a while. Like, I mean, <laughs> dude is sharp. He listens, and then he'll mention like, "Oh, you talked about your great great whatever," and then he'll like work out how we're related and stuff, and he'll be talking to me, my mom. I'm like, man, he has so much of our family history. I'll yeah, figure it out. He's real sharp, just in general. I mean, Scott is very smart. He yeah. had pictures we didn't even have of like our great great, because our my great great grandpa is your great great grandma's brother, I think. Is that yeah, how that something went? Like, something like something that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> <He had> like, <laughs> somebody was a sibling somewhere, but he has like photos. I was like, oh hey, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. So he's like, I didn't know him. Why should I care? And I'm like, it's your ancestors, man. Although the styes are like probably a thousand percent Polish. So I'm trying to get him to do it because I want to see it. <laughs> he could care yeah. less, but I'm like, I want to know. How, how do you do yours? Do you like, what do they do? Like when you, you send just in like spit. A, yeah. Okay. They send you a yeah. vial and then you just spit in the vial and then they, they're like, hey, yeah. here's your stuff. Yeah, but. I should probably do that. Yeah, highly recommend it. I like genealogy stuff. Like my dad's side, I was able, because most libraries have Ancestry.com for free. So like in like three hours, I trace back the Hockenberries to like 500, you know, AD from Hockenberg. Yeah, surprise. (laughs) It's really cool. I like genealogy stuff. The reads, I keep on getting stuck. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, so thanks everybody for sending in emails and your hometowns and all your fun stuff. Highly enjoyed it. Yes, and more fun stuff, please. We can always use more. Yeah. More details. Definitely. And don't worry. I know everybody's like, oh, I'm sorry it's long. No, don't be sorry. I like them long. LOL. That's gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, these were good. I like ghost stories. and. And legends. That's cool, too. I know. We got some really cool family stories this time. That was really cool. I enjoy that. I was trying to get my mom to write in. I think my great-grandma knew Carrie Nation. And I'm like, you need to write that shit in. Which, Carrie Nation was the lady that went in with an axe and just, like, demolished bars. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she came to Yaleville, Arkansas. Oh, hell yeah. 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 And she did a rally there. So, my grandma supposedly has a pamphlet, and she had her sign it. And I was like, I don't know where it's at. And I'm like, you need to find that <laughs> because <laughs> that's valuable. That's historical. But uh, Bonnie and Clyde also went to flipping. The tallest man that ever lived came to Cotter. Wadlow or whatever his name was. Eight foot 11. Could you imagine? Oh, shit. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, almost nine feet tall. Man, I'd feel I, so small. That'd be amazing. I used, to, I used to be fascinated with like the Guinness Book of World Records. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And so this. This motherfucker died from a blister because he got, it, it was septic, like, uh, back then. So, he ended up getting sepsis. But, yeah, uh, a blister from a poorly fitted brace. 
That's what oh, it said. Oh, no. That's a monster of a human being, though. I played high school basketball with a guy that was seven foot one, and I'm thinking of somebody almost two feet taller than him. It's just insane. That's that's hard to imagine as a tall person. Yeah. It's very rare <laughs> that I see anybody taller than him. Two and a half feet taller than me? <laughs> yeah. Right. I feel yes, like sir. a tiny human. Oh, yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I can imagine, like, how sore he was all the time. Like, that would just hurt to be that big. It would, yeah. And I'm ducking in all those doors. I think it was, like, 8 foot 11 and, like, 400 pounds. Because, I mean, when you're that big, I mean, 400 pounds really isn't that big of a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wild. That's that's tall. I can't. (laughs) I feel like a giant all the time. I can't imagine being any taller. Like, every once in a while, I'll see somebody taller than me, and I'm just staring, and I don't mean to. I'm just like, oh, man, I never see a girl taller than me. (laughs) I saw the biggest girl I've ever seen in my entire life is when I was going to college in Little Rock. And I was working at Chili's, and my mom (laughs) and I had went out to eat at Red Lobster there on Rodney Parham. Mm -hmm. And I... I walked around a corner, and this bitch was like a wall. She was <laughs> so big. And keep in mind, I'm 6'5 and every bit of 330 pounds. And this chick looked like she could whip my ass. Wow. She was every bit of 6'7 and just built like a fucking football player. Just, I was like, yes, ma'am. Like, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to. Yep, I'll never amazing. forget that. <laughs> Anyway, thanks guys for listening. (laughs) Is this the drunk dive already? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Fucking cold medicine. I've taken probably way too much. It's fine. Anyway, send us listener stories. We'll see you next month for this. And then we'll see you in like what? Tomorrow. Yeah, you'll see us tomorrow. Right? Yeah. (laughs) What day is it? Saturday. Saturday. Okay, Saturday this comes out. So yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. With diseases part two. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye.